Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Um, water with lemon in it. That's oh, look all. at you being healthy. This was my Sam's Club impulse buy. Well, one of them. Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just need caffeine at nine thirty at night. Absolutely, we got a podcast to do. Gotta I do, but you're gonna go like go to sleep after this, right? Oh, and you? I, I'll fall right asleep like a baby. God, is your sleep apnea getting taken care of yet? So I, I messaged my doctor and I was like, where's my CPAP machine? The company hasn't called me. So she gave me their number. I guess it's pending insurance approval. Oh, God. So I'll call them tomorrow because mama Fun. needs to sleep. Yeah. Fun. How have you been? Um, good. I feel like I, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like this week is like, it's almost over already. Um, but like, I'm like, what did I do this week? But it was busy. I don't know. Like I was at the office on Monday. And that, I don't know, like maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. My, my sense of time is completely off and screwed up. I have no idea what's happening. Me too. Um, Yeah. <laughs> right. Like sounds like, um, yeah. Um, We've had a extra kid here most afternoons this week. Um, Baby step frauded's friend um, has been over hanging out. So that's good. Nice. I'm just, I don't know, just everything just like, I don't know, just feels off this week. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, out, of, out of sorts, maybe? Mm-hmm. Out of sorts? I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, it was a full moon the other day. Yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous because I was in Kent Island at my friend's house on the water mm-hmm. for one night for the night of the full moon. I'm pretty sure that was the full moon night, but right, it illuminated right. the whole water. It was gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful. And Kaya goes, big sun. I was like, no, big moon. Big, yeah, moon. big sun. <laughs> big sun, big light. <laughs> Our dark little soul, Kaya. <laughs> um, Kaya's going to be this girl. Oh, and you know what's really funny is that as we talk about this episode, some crazy stuff has been happening at my mom's house. So the timing of this is just perfect. So this, we're doing Unsolved Mysteries tonight, you guys. And we're doing, what episode number is it? Volume Um, 3, episode 8. The Ghost in the, The Ghost in Apartment 14. 14, which kind of is a misnomer, like... I don't know, like, okay, I'm just going to start off by saying, like, okay, I, I, the ghost story, absolutely enthralling. I was like, oh my God, because of course, like, that's like, you know, that's totally my jam, right? And then it like switched and then you have this other set of stories, which is women getting kidnapped and murdered in Northern California in the 70s, which happened like every Tuesday, right? Like, that's just a normal Tuesday during those times. And and how they were connected. Now, each of them on their own, I'm totally like, okay, 
like I love these. And and then like I was having a hard time figuring out, okay, well, what's exactly the mystery? Is the mystery then where is the other girl, the girl's body who is the ghost in apartment 13, like how they connected right. it all and things like that. So it was a little like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm, okay. But I agree. I agree. And I'll be honest. I don't really know if I believe Jody a hundred percent on her stories and I'm very big into ghosts, you know, right. We, you we, we always big. believe, we always believe them. However, if her stories are true about what happened, it, would have had to have been the biggest evidence I think any ghost hunter or person in that has experienced a haunted house has ever, ever, ever seen or experienced. Like her I dreams mean, and stuff? You not mean? the dreams, just like the electric cord swinging around and all. I mean, that's some like hardcore poltergeist. That is, yeah. That's almost know. unbelievable. Yeah. Like some of the stuff I was totally down for, you know, it, yeah. it was like my, my, and, and I was saying, Okay, maybe okay. So maybe she embellished some of them, you know, maybe maybe exaggerated some. Um, either way, though, there I think there was definitely something there, right? Like, and 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 it was, you know, this woman, um, Marlis, Mary Elizabeth Marlis, Marlis is what they called her, um, communicating with her to try to get her to like you know um pay attention and and figure out where she was or something like that because she had the dreams and and everything but i'll i'll we'll talk about it as we get to it so go ahead (laughs) you look like you're reading something i I always i'm just like squinting and trying to read my own very big notes so the episode starts off where we meet an uh we meet a woman from california named jody foster not the actor who said she was having bizarre dreams after moving into this apartment she saw a girl in the room with a weird couple who were both doing creepy things to her this girl in her dream yeah she's describing the dream yeah and she discovered a person went missing from that exact apartment that she was living in and she felt as though the spirit of the girl was trying to be found and wanted to get in touch with someone yeah so then we go on to learn a little bit about jody she moved to uh, chico california with her daughter into the apartment complex called walnut garden apartments Mm -hmm. she moved in on january 31st 2000 when hannah her daughter was three years old and jody was 33 and she said the minute she moved in she felt as though it was dark and not a peaceful place i get that that. yeah yeah (laughs) i've definitely had that feeling when I've like looked at places, I've never moved into one that had that feeling, but I've felt that. And then I have, I've had the opposite where there was an apartment that I moved into the first apartment that I moved into. So the apartment that I was living in, I was living in this one apartment when I got sober, I went away to rehab and came back and then I was sober. And then when that lease ran out and I got a new apartment, that apartment is my first apartment getting sober and there was something about the energy in there that was so good and so peaceful and so yeah yeah it was like it was like right when we moved in and stuff it was like oh wow like you could feel it like it was palpable that's and like my my sponsor when she would come over she'd like say the same thing so um I've definitely I definitely 
buy into that. And I've definitely toured some places looking for housing houses and stuff that have yeah. not. So so I get that that she I absolutely buy that a hundred percent. Me too. Except for wherever I go, I feel energy and I feel like it's the spirits that need help or that are not, I don't want to say negative necessarily, but I feel like I have a lot of uh, needy or just upset spirits that come Agitated, to find me. Yeah. Kind of. Like that want help. Yeah. Like it's never just like a, oh, let me tuck you in at night and <laughs> give you a, a cold, warm disturbed. hug. You have disturbed. Yeah. Yeah. Spirits. Yeah. Um, but I know what you're saying. I mean, I worked in a haunted place for many years and right. it was terrifying. You should come with me to there. Oh yeah. Actually. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, um, I would love to, I'd love to see Kaya in the, yeah. the haunted place. Yeah. Because with her sensitivities, you know, right. Which is yeah. like, so this girl, Hannah, the, the kid, the, the little girl in this story, um, reminded me of kaya obviously mm -hmm. right so she's young young girl very sensitive to these energies around her and and like my my liz my liz yeah well <laughs> it's funny too because kaya is now saying chloe or not chloe zoe chloe is my mom's dog oh and but she can say she can actually say the word chloe but now kaya saying D -d 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 zoe what else did she say with zoe she said something else very strange and i was trying to ask her more into that and then she just screamed and, and didn't have yeah. it. So anyway, she's like, I think Zoe a lot. I'm like, okay, maybe whatever. We'll see what happens. Maybe her friend in the corner is named Zoe. No, that's a guy in the corner. So oh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's interesting too, because Jody said that shit hit the fan, her quotes, after mm -hmm. she moved in. And then she goes on to give the examples. Now, if you're listening to this and you've had ghost experiences, some of these are going to resonate with you, but also <laughs> some are just completely outlandish. So for one instance, <laughs> yeah, that she always keeps her daughter's pink shoes by the front door. And then one day they were just in the middle of the bed out of nowhere. I get that. I've had experiences where stuff have, have been moved around. Mm -hmm. um, and then she said one day salt and pepper shakers would be at the edge of the table the next morning. That actually happened at the restaurant I used to be a GM at. There would be salt and pepper shakers everywhere along with uh, just everything. And people would be like, oh, is there, are there mice? No, no, nope. they were not. <laughs> There's not mice. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, mice is not the problem we have. We'll call the <laughs> Ghostbusters. We won't call <laughs> Orkin. Yeah. And then she goes on to say she had a dream with uh, where there was a girl walking down the street and a couple in a blue or gray car asked the girl if she wanted a ride. A man came behind her and put something over her, her mouth. So we're kind of going back and forth between her flashbacks, her dreams, and then what's going on in the house. Mm -hmm. She also said that she noticed Hannah was talking to a girl in the apartment who we mentioned. She was saying, my Liz, my Liz, who we later find out was nicknamed Marliz. And she described the girl as wearing a white shirt and she even drew a sketch. She remembered her eyes and her hair. Then one night they go out to dinner. And when they come home, the phone receiver was found in the back bedroom. Now, for you people that are like under 25, you probably don't know what that means. <laughs> the wall phones. <laughs> <laughs> but right, the phones with the cords on them that would actually hang on the wall. Mm -hmm. It was disconnected. And the actual like, what do you call it? The receiver? the receiver? Yeah, the receiver. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on the edge of that time period. But the receiver. <laughs> yeah. No, but I grew up with these. Yeah, 323-3911. That was my phone number. <laughs> um, so that was found in the back bedroom, which 
I'd be calling the police right away. Okay, that's creepy. So, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And they said that Hannah's toys were in a pile of, in the room with the Ernie toy on the top with a noose that around Ernie its toy. Neck. Yeah. Things noose fucking possessed. With a shoelace. So, okay. This is where things are just kind of like, all right. Yeah. I don't so, know about so this. So they, they find Ernie with a noose around his neck. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> the that energy. seems really blatant. Yeah. That's just not something you normally hear about. Right. And you you have more experience ghost hunting than I do. So I've never heard of something like that yeah. from personal experiences or those close to me. Right. That but that it, just seems really like Yeah. Like, yeah. No, they move things. They knock right. things over. They don't put yeah. Okay. And she said she called the police and they kind of blew her off. I don't we don't know if that's true or not. I'm assuming it is. Um now it's funny because when I was kind of looking into this episode on Reddit and just online in general, seeing what other people had to say, mm-hmm. there were a lot of people that said that they had experiences with toys, whether it be just toys going off, batteries taken out. A lot of them were Tickle Me Elmos, it seems like, from the Reddit thread. One girl said she took out the batteries and it was still going off, so she threw it in the middle of the street, which was funny. Uh, <laughs> But I bring this up to say that my mom called me yesterday. This is why it's crazy that this happened. She called me yesterday and said, I'm scared. Uh, Kaya's Elsa, little little people frozen castle just went off on its own, which it Hmm. never does. And it did it twice. And so my mom was talking to it and then it didn't do it the rest of the night. Then I drop off Kaya. I'm sorry, two days ago that happened. Yesterday, I dropped Kaya off at my mom's house. I sit down next to it, but not super close to it. Like I'm not touching it. I didn't move anything. And then it went off twice when my mom was talking about it going off on its own. And that was the only time it went off yesterday. So she, my mom was like, they're coming for me. I was like, mom, no they're one's not coming, coming for you. For, no, Stop, no, you're not going to no die. It, no, yeah. no one's coming for you. Yeah. Um, and we say that because in the episode, so this freaking Ernie doll, not only yeah. did they find it with the noose around its neck, which is questionable, but it kept doing uh whatever i'm i'm real or i'm happy or whatever it said i forgot i'm great yeah i'm great i'm great (laughs) i'm great noose around its neck i'm great like and then they like took it and she took the batteries out and put it in the closet and it still kept doing it yep i'm great i'm great i'm great and yeah and i mean you're just like in that phase now and and i remember being in that phase where so many of the kids toys had batteries or whatever you know and so you would you would end up taking them out or whatever you know because but i've i mean i've definitely had those those experiences i mean and these malfunction and, and they say that spirits the easiest thing for spirits to manipulate are toys or like electronics that can that can yeah. go off. Yeah. So could it be a malfunction? Yeah, of course it could be. I mean, there are a thousand things that could be. However, yeah. in our experiences, with all we the have other this one. Out. Not that I think that this was this was a, a spiritual ghosty thing, but we it reminded me we had this puzzle when Baby Frauded was probably about Kaya's age. This was like a wooden puzzle, and there were shapes, and like when you put it in it would say, you know, square, circle, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> it would do this thing randomly be in the middle of the night, go check on the kid, whatever it is. And all of a sudden you'd hear triangle <laughs> just <laughs> randomly. I'd be like, no more shapes. 
I'm scared of shape. Triangle. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> hey, fraudcasters. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge. I know I've always had problems with it, whether it was the fit or the quality. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims, the maker of my perfect t-shirt bra. Now I have the perfect t-shirt to go with that bra. From either crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. My cotton jersey t-shirt is now a wardrobe staple for me. I reach for it almost every day, and the fit is so perfect because it snatches me right in at the waist. I've washed it a million times, and it's held its shape really well. It fits like a dream. I absolutely love it. And honestly, you guys, I thought, like, okay, this shirt is going to be too small for me, and it's not going to fit right, and all the bulges are going to show but it doesn't at all. I put it on and it magically stretches to fit me perfectly and it holds all those bulges in. Every little but last bulge that I have is all held in and it looks fantastic. I absolutely love it and it's super, super comfortable and it is, it is one of my new favorite t-shirts. You can shop the Skims t-shirt collection at skims.com now available in sizes extra extra small up to 4x and if you haven't yet be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu i always tell people when you hear these things it may not seem like much but if they start adding up i would start documenting it just write mm-hmm. down hey what time it happened and what happened and see if there's a pattern because right. you never know right there, there could be an you know some sort of message that is trying to be sent to right what's going on in the world around you mm-hmm. like what are you doing what are you talking about it's like the tv suddenly comes on that's a big oh, one yeah. that happens yep. a lot right yep what Certain are channel. you doing what, what channel? channel and stuff yes that's important too but also what are you doing mm-hmm. because you might be doing or thinking something that they're trying to get your attention like your spirit guide or somebody might be trying to get your attention and so they turn that on so that whatever. And so, you you know, pay attention to what's going on around you when that happens. Maybe something you were thinking or, you know, which is crazy. Yeah, you brought that up because Jody then goes on to say that February 2000 is when it all culminated. She woke up and heard white static TV noise. Totally believe that. You and mm-hmm. I just talked about this. She said it was an old TV that you had to get up and actually physically turn on. But then she goes on to say that the covers mm. were flapping yeah at the same like you time. see in pol- straight out of poltergeist yeah. or something you know and then that's when the ernie doll is saying i feel great uh, okay so another person made a, a a good comment on reddit saying it was 2000 and i know you know cell phones weren't as popular we did have like the flip phones the basic mm-hmm. phones but there was still a camera on them it wasn't great but why didn't she think to like snap a picture or i don't know there had to have been some sort of device to record these episodes i don't on. recall having camera cell phones in 2000 but um maybe i'm getting but you know it, it honestly but like it was like it was bad quality the 90s the 90s were a really a complete blur for me so i could be getting my decades <laughs> i don't remember most of the 90s i was in high school in 2000 that's how i have to do it by when was i in high school well, I graduated, yeah, so I could, graduated high school in 92 Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um yeah so basically all of the 90s were <laughs> a blur <laughs> um anyway so but even if 
in that time period where we had cell phones, but maybe didn't have like cameras on them yet, that was the time period where we all had the little digital cameras. Like everybody mm-hmm. did. You can't, right. like, like when we would go out to the club or whatever. You'd have like a wristlet with the wristlet. Yes. The coach wristlet or whatever. But you would have these digital cameras and, and they were pretty small at that point. I mean, they weren't tiny, but they were small enough that you could put them in like a hobo bag or you know, just yeah. a small little like catch you know clutch type thing and in the, in the 90s and early 2000s like we carried that shit everywhere yeah we were taking pictures take of everything memory, and memory this is part back- out plug it into your computer to upload your pictures no oh yeah you, camera, camera. you have to take the card out <laughs> i probably have cards somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> god only knows but yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I just remember, yeah, like all of that stuff, like that was uh, 2000s was like, that was when I met um, baby Frauded's dad Mm -hmm. and I was always sending him pictures and we didn't have camera phones. then. I mean, we would talk on the the freaking actual like landline. Yeah. We didn't like have like cell phones weren't (laughs) plural. prolific (laughs) prolific that's it prolific prolific oh god they weren't prolific (laughs) so i don't remember having one and i remember you know like being on the telephone actual landline telephone with someone and wanting them to get off the phone wanting to get off the phone with them so that i could then plug that modem my my computer modem in to the same phone line and get online and talk to baby fry dead yeah like that's that's how it was that that was court- struggle that was, my was court- real struggle but, was real you know because you you didn't have the wireless and you had didn't have cell phones and you had to just like i had to wait till i got off the telephone to get online like, hurry mm-hmm. up hurry up yep not so, to mention it costs money like expensive yeah. what i remember cell phone oh on cell phones yeah and yeah that and uh just getting on the internet when it was timed do you remember oh, how time? You get the disc, the AOL disc. Yeah. You get 200 <laughs> hours. Yep. Could you imagine yep. now? Can you imagine? So Jody so weird. Freaks out see, the- it wasn't that long ago for me when I think, because again, I lost like a decade of my life, at least in my 20 something year drinking career. Katrina, I wasn't a raging alcoholic or an alcoholic at all and i lost track of time i'm not saying you're a raging alcoholic but i'm saying like, oh i am i'm a raging alcoholic <laughs> i mean i wasn't and i don't remember I let's mean, not I forget when i got to rehab i blew a 0. 0.40 okay what yes wow <laughs> when my uh blood alcohol content is higher than my law school gpa <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but here i am here i am 15 years later okay going nice and strong (laughs) sober (laughs) so then the jody is freaking out so she runs to the manager's door and the manager of the office or the office building the apartment complex complex. (laughs) comes out with her poodle and walks to the her apartment with her Ernie says he's great or something. (laughs) Yeah, that's when the dog starts barking. The lamp cord is apparently swinging like a jump rope and they both ran out. Now, 
why wasn't this person interviewed is my question. Again, this is all Jody's story, but there are no other people that they interview. Yeah, so, but we, there's a reason there's no people, right? Dead? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's not true. I mean, I'm just saying, because maybe there aren't other people to right. corroborate that part of it. Yeah. Story. So then she says that they ran out and at 6 a.m. the next day, she's sitting by the pool where I don't know where Hannah is, her daughter at this time. And she meets an old man with a dog who says that he's lived there for a long time. And he told her that no one lives in that apartment for very long. He said that it was because a girl lived there and she went missing, but he couldn't remember her name. So that doesn't really make any sense. He's lived there for a long time. Girl goes missing, but he can't remember her name. I'm sure it was all over the news. And if you live yeah. in the apartment complex. Yeah, he would remember all... the name. That whole thing is sketch. That that was a sketch comment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so then they go on to, to talk about who the person was that went missing. And that was Marie Elizabeth um, Spanicky, who went by the name Mar Liz. Mm-hmm. She disappeared on January 13th, 1976. And the story was that her and her boyfriend were at a flea market, flea market. They got into an argument and she decided to walk home and didn't want to ride with him. Um, they interview Marley's sister who said that they grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and that there were seven kids total in the family. And her dream was to be an actor. And when she moved to California with her boyfriend. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to talk bad, poorly of a victim here, but if you want to go to California to don't be an to actor, Chico. why the fuck are you going to Chico? For those of you guys who don't know California geography, there's Southern California, which is where LA is, and there's Northern California, which is where San Francisco is. San Francisco and LA are about six hours apart, or four hours if you were me in college. <laughs> San Diego, which is at the very bottom that the border right so that and you know san diego and san francisco about eight six to eight hours depending you know six four to six (laughs) um and then chico is even more north of san francisco and then it's inland so it's like the middle of the state kind Hmm. of no it's not quite in the middle of the state it's like but it's like an hour or so north of San Francisco even. So you're talking 10-hour drive from one to the other. Chico is a cute little town. There's a school there, Cal State Chico. Go Bulldogs. Well, I, when I looked up the apartment complex, it said that rent for like a two-bedroom was 1300 a month. And I was like, wow, that's cheaper than Maryland. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> it's cheaper. fucking Chico. That's <laughs> why so I was like, I don't know where this Chico is, but... I mean, it's a cute little town, Mm -hmm. but it's just that, a cute little town that's inland. It's not anywhere near, it's not even near San Francisco. Like, how did she end up in Chico? If she was going to go be a star, Mm -hmm. why was she in Chico? That's what I got to say. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the biggest thing that's happening there is Cal State Chico. Oh, yeah. CSC Chico, which is, you know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No clue. So then they go back to interviewing Jody again. And she said that her dreams progressively got weirder. She could see that the girl was in a cellar that looked like a dungeon and that there was a weird hook hanging from the ceiling. There was something around her arms and her mouth and the couple were doing sadistic and sexually creepy things to her. So that's terrifying if that's true. If that's what an true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
It's oddly specific and terrifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then Jody decided she didn't want anything bad to happen to Hannah. So she took Hannah and they left and moved out after only living for three months in the apartment complex. So, so she wasn't on a lease? Like she could I break know. her lease after three months? Like what? Okay. Month, month. Know. All right. I don't know. Jody's then boy. See, this is where I get a little bit confused because then they go on to talk about Jody's boyfriend at the time saying that he found a book and in the book was Marley Marliz's case. Is that what you got from that? That he he found was it Jody's book that he found it in, or did he find the book and then gave it to Jody? I wasn't really sure on this. I don't remember. Yeah. I remember that specific part. And so he showed the evidence of the case. Hey, you live in the same apartment that this girl went missing in. And then they kind of connected that Hannah was talking to someone named Myla's who was really Marla's. And that's when a they lot, connected the dots. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people were saying, uh, I think she had the book before this all happened. And she's just now coming up with a story. But who knows? Like yeah. Creating the story <laughs> mm-hmm. from that. Right. I mean, because she conceivably just made everything up, you know. I'll be honest, that's where I'm leaning. You know, where she heard about the situation and was like, oh, I lived there. And then read all the details about the case and then went and did this, you know, I mean... I didn't, who knows what you know unsolved mysteries did to to vet her story right um which we've seen a pattern this season of unsolved mysteries not still, really doing yeah. it's still a tv show it's yeah. not a, necessarily a documentary you know um so it's entertainment value is it is it did how deeply did they check out her story you know um and that's why I was interested to hear also what you found on like Reddit and stuff, because um, I'd be curious, you know, what the rest of that story is, you know. Well, I think there were more questions and answers when I looked that up. It seems that this Jody woman has made a career out of being an author, uh, going on numerous TV shows, talking about her events in the past, but it doesn't seem about like there this? are a lot of this yeah yeah she made a career out of talking about her experience living in this haunted she's been on another show besides unsolved mysteries yeah yeah okay yeah so that's where i'm kind of hesitant i i think especially in the spiritual world and the psychic medium world there are a lot of scammers for every like one gem and you know Mm -hmm. there's a hundred that are at least if not more yeah Yeah. okay so and then in the show they interview a detective do you have his name i don't remember his name (laughs) i can't remember his name uh it was november 7th 1984 when they got called uh to a church and he noticed a woman named janice who was very very upset she was crying she said her husband had kidnapped and killed a girl. Mm-hmm. And the reason why she decided to come forward was because she was scared of her husband, who was Cameron Hooker was his name. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot of guilt built up. Now, once they read her 
her Miranda rights, that's when she decided to stop talking. So they made a call to the DA and then they granted her immunity if she could tell them everything. Yeah. What's so your, what I do guess, you think so, about this? Okay. So she starts talking and, 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 and then once I realized what story this went to, this girl in the box under the bed story, I remember that I had already, that I had already gone on a deep, you know, uh, Wikipedia rabbit hole on that story. So I actually knew a lot about it, but, um, in that case, so he, he, um, he gets called there. He's talking to her. She's trying to explain, you know, they had this, I can't remember if she talked about the, it was Marliz. The, the she was talking about Marliz, mm-hmm. but she didn't, wasn't she, she, and then she later mentioned, yeah. then later she talked, later about- she mentions the kidnapping. Okay. Um, the other one, the Colleen one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when she starts talking and I guess explaining to her, you know, how she knows this stuff, because that's the first thing you're going to ask, like, wait, what are you telling me? How do you know this? Who, who your husband did? What, how do you know your husband did this? Oh, I was there too. Oh, really? What did you do? What did you see? Oh shit. Okay. And then you start to realize that she may be a fact actor in the situation and so he was like what hold on then let me mirandize you Mm -hmm. so and then she said you know clams up probably because she realized how serious it was i don't know but yeah offering and then offering immunity um i don't necessarily think it's a bad idea (laughs) um you know if they if, if she can give up information that will you know help them then depending on what her if her role was you know ministerial or small or minute in comparison you know i'm i'm totally okay with that if she's not the one that actually did the murdering and she was an accessory and things like that i have no problems offering her immunity in that so a lot of people online were kind of 50 50 on that there were some people that were really upset that she got immunity and then other people who sympathized with her in a way because she was young when mm-hmm. this all happened which is a whole I, other thing i would give her i have no problems with the immunity in the marla's case i would have a lot of problems giving her immunity in the colleen case because that's seven years she spent living there yes she ultimately helped colleen escape after seven fucking years of living in a box under your bed and i understand i completely understand that she was as much a victim mm-hmm. of this guy cameron uh, you know, based on everything that I've read and heard and all of this stuff, like she was as much a victim in that situation too of him. Mm-hmm. But she also has some culpability as well. Oh, and I don't think you can complete, it's just like Gypsy Rose killing her mother, right? The girl who was in the wheelchair who wasn't really sick, you know, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, that like just because the like the everybody understands the reason behind it it was you know she's a victim and she you know she was abused as medical child abuse and it's all of these horrible horrible things that her mother did to her but she still has some culpability in the murder of her mother that yeah. has to be remedied so they you know for her going to prison for 10 years was probably like the best thing that could have happened to her right she yeah. learned you know everything but um curious to, to hear more from her when she gets out because she's due to get out this year i think As, oh wow i didn't realize yeah i saw something and i messaged um mommy dead and dearest is a is a documentary on hbo okay it is 
one of my best favorite documentaries ever. And it's also what made me uh, fall in love with Aaron Lee Carr as a documentarian who I'm now friends with (laughs) Um, because she's also sober. And it's uh, anyway, um, fascinating. I saw something about her Gypsy Rose getting ready to be released and I sent it it to Aaron. I was like, oh my God, are you going to go see her since you did this one documentary about her already? Like, are you going to go see her? And she said, "Um, yeah, I probably will, but without cameras. So I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, maybe later. Who knows? But but in any case, Mommy Dead and Dearest on HBO, it is the best documentary it's about that whole case you have to watch if you haven't seen it, i'm like, adding you, it to my list oh my god like that's one that i'll go back and watch and rewatch just because it's like even though i know everything about the story and i've seen everything about it i'll go back and rewatch that one sometimes it's just as like comfort tv you know <laughs> just because i know it's good and I, I it's really well done and the story is compelling anyway but but we digress <laughs> So back to yeah, so, <laughs> the situation. So, so yeah, the wife, I would have, a, I, I think she would need some culpability in the Colleen case, but I have no problems with immunity mm-hmm. in the Marla's case. Okay. So then Go Janice, <laughs> Janice starts talking and telling them everything. She said that the day that Marley's was kidnapped, she knew Cameron wanted to kidnap a woman when he saw encircled by Marla's walking in his car a few times. He was looking for a woman who didn't have ties to the community. Mm-hmm. And when they got her in the car, which of course this was, you know, a long time ago when we didn't really understand serial killers and, and right. Like it's we do California now. in the, especially Northern California in the seventies, like yeah. girls getting kidnapped on the freeway was like a dime a dozen. Like it happened so much. Hi, I grew up in Northern California in the 70s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, she's walking in her neighborhood and she sees a couple. They look friendly. I mean, why would she think that anything? People used to hitchhike all the time back then. Like that was like a fine thing to do. Nobody cared back then. That's why so many girls got kidnapped. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Once they got her in the car and they... She tried to escape that he pulled her back in the car. He put a head box over her head. And this oh, is absolutely terrifying. It, did you like see the, picture, the pictures of it? Oh my God, that thing's terrifying. Yeah. And did you see it in court when they were showing yeah. that? Like it was, they put foam in it. So that way she, if she, she screamed, screams. it would, you know, no one else could hear it. And it looked like a torturous device. It was just awful to see. Yeah, it's this big wooden box filled with like soundproof foam and it goes around your head. Like it's just, it clamps around your neck. It's, oh my God. It gave me like massive claustrophobia Yeah, vibes. I couldn't even really look at it. First of all, I have a huge head. Like I really do. I have a huge head. So <laughs> I would love to see somebody try to fit my head in there. They'd be like, nope, we give up. Oh, we got to carve some more foam out. Yeah. <laughs> God. This girl, this girl's too much work, man. Right. My goodness. But the well, lotion. It puts yeah, the lotion, the lotion on. in the basket. God. <laughs> it puts lotion on its skin. That was a great movie. Or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> if you guys don't know that reference, then oh, yeah. go, go watch it. Go watch that. Silence of the Lambs. So then they drove back. They drove 40 miles back to their house in Red Bluff, which was northeast, I guess, from Chico. Mm-hmm. What was really even more disturbing than the head box was that when they got back to the house, she wouldn't, Marla's wouldn't stop screaming. So Cameron decided that it was a good idea to try and cut her vocal cords Mm -hmm. to prevent her from yelling. 
And in doing so, he failed. He couldn't do it properly. Mm-hmm. So she's probably bleeding everywhere. And then he decides to take her downstairs to the basement where he then hangs her with a noose. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when his Rubble wife Janice, on the yeah. ceiling that crazy good woman saw in her dreams. Yeah. And so when Janice comes down the stairs, she sees the, you know, her hanging with uh, and she's I guess, dead like a pillowcase. Yeah. On her over her head. Um, so how awful is that? First of all, like, that's just absolutely disgusting. I actually felt nauseous when yeah. I saw that part. Yeah. It's hor- hor- horrific. It's just horrific. Horrifying. And Horrifying this- or horrific. Yeah, and this man was already a predator. He married her when she was 16 years old. I can't remember how old he was. How, I mean, was that common in the 70s? That age difference of a 16-year-old I mean, it was a lot more common then than it is now because people know that that's predatory and creepy. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Uh, so then Janice goes on to say that they carried the body out to the car and drove 30 miles north on Interstate 5 and then Highway 44 East, where they turned off on a dirt road. Uh, Janice says Cameron dug a shallow grave and buried her body and then burned her clothing and belongings. By the time she was kidnapped and by the time they had buried her body, it was approximately 10 to 12 hours total. Yeah. So mm, not seven years compared to Colleen, which... She spells out her name, by the way, Colleen, but it's pronounced Colleen, I guess. That's what they were saying, Colleen. So later on, anyways, Colleen, but I digress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then Janice goes on to to tell the detective about Colleen, Stan. Mm-hmm. She said that Cameron kept her hostage for seven years and kept her under a waterbed for 20 hours a day. In like a coffin-sized box. box. And he would pull her out to torture her, sexually assault her do everything well they didn't go into detail but she was like they made her into like a sex slave pretty much in the house now for those of you guys who don't know this was a movie on lifetime um yeah they made it into a lifetime movie called the girl in the box (laughs) wow um so i'm sure you can find it still um and and then there's also a um like a documentary one real life one where it interviews the real colleen and stuff and so she tells the story like you see the the fictionalized version and then you hear the real story so that's on lifetime i would i would recommend if that story intrigues you guys i would recommend it because i i caught it once and that was when i went down the initial rabbit hole so when in this unsolved mysteries episode when they do that and they start talking about this oh and they kidnap this person and i'm like why does head box sound familiar to me when they're talking oh. about the head box on marliz i was like why why does that sound familiar to me and then they start talking about the colleen stan case and i was like oh, that's it mm-hmm. i watched that and went down that rabbit hole um a while back so well it makes me wonder too if you know there were no there was no internet back then so he obviously had fantasies about like bdsm but 
torture way past bdsm yeah but, yeah um, <laughs> yeah how that's he, not <laughs> no i know not consent uh, yeah we don't have to yeah, get yeah, out, but yeah. <laughs> where did he learn about that and were there victims before that we don't know about because it seems pretty excuse my language ballsy to just kind of kidnap a person in the middle of the daytime walking down the road like i, I feel like it probably wasn't his first time maybe that's before true. he met his wife i feel like he had to have done other things and then it led yeah, up well to but i but i think like a stranger picking up a woman on the side of the road like back in the 70s like that was normal like yeah. that wasn't an unusual thing so if like she wouldn't necessarily have been surprised by it she's walking oh look can i give you a ride home yeah. you know that type of thing i mean they want people hitchhiked and stuff all the time like much if you get an offer you know nobody cared back right. then but I'm saying, I, I bet know you better now done something else because he came way prepared with the head. He, box he and had everything. the head like, box and everything. Like, was, where we had to practice? Where did we get the idea of the head box? That's what I'm saying. In the 70s, there's no like people can't just get on the rabbit hole of the internet and figure out what their fantasies are or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well, what what uh, Criminal Minds fandom wiki fandom thing says is that. Little is known of his early life and even less of Janice's early life. He moved a lot, didn't settle in Red Bluff until the 69 when he was 16 years old. Um, Janice was 15 when they met. She had been abused by her family. Hmm. Um which everyone she declined obviously to be a so part it says, of this as a episode. result janice was submissive and she offered no resistance when cameron called her a whore and introduced her to bondage and sadomasochism even after he almost drowned her once during one of their sessions now drowning you i don't believe is is like traditional isn't it but i don't know um Cameron's favorite game was to hang Janice by her wrists completely nude and hit her several times with the bullwhip. The hookers married on January 18th, 1975, at which time Cameron had already informed Janice that he intended to abduct a stranger and force her into sexual slavery so that he could have a menage a trois. At some specified moment, Janice, at some unspecified moment, Janice managed to extract two conditions from Cameron. He would only whip the slave, but not Janice anymore. So she could get pregnant and have children without danger, and that oh, he wow. would only have penetrative sex with Janice. <sighs> so she's setting um, terms yeah. and conditions upon, which makes me think she had more say in it than she. Well, see, that's you know that goes into you know, and then they they well at first they got the Marla's, and then they did um, Colleen, and yeah, I mean for seven years she was complicit in this and again like gypsy rose she's a victim in a lot of ways right. obviously Absolutely. i'm not discounting that at all but that's what you have like mitigation specialists yeah. like defense attorneys have you know you have these people that special you know specialize in, in mitigating these kinds of things because they are these victims and, mm -hmm. the, and that helps you know take away some of their um, well, some of the punishment that would be appropriate considering what their liability was and things like that. And I mean, at some point Janice did say to, to Colleen, Hey, I want to leave him. So they must have built up, I don't want to say a friendship, but there had to have been some sort of yeah relationship to a degree between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, however you want to define that, you know, relationship. Well, and Colleen has said that 
she wasn't going to tell the police and she right. hadn't. It was, the police found out because three months after the escape, Janice went to the police. And Janice Col- Colleen oh, Col- hadn't. What? Uh, Janice was scared that if Colleen, or I'm sorry, Colleen was scared that if Janice left and just left her there, that she may not be alive or that something terrible would happen to her. Mm-hmm. So she did escape with, uh, with Janice. Colleen and uh, Janice escaped yeah. together, which now, which was weird is because they went to um, Colleen's, I'm sorry, no, Janice's family's house. And so Colleen is with Janice, has an opportunity at that point to call the police or whatever. Obviously, she's still mm-hmm. scared and seven years, right, is, right, right. you know, crazy. Um but it made me wonder because they, they they mentioned very briefly that Janice mentioned a little bit to her family about what was going on. So I don't know who these family members were. I don't know what exactly it was that they talked about. Right. Um, that whole story is batshit because like he made up this whole story about like the thing called like this entity called the company that controlled them and what they did and that all of this was because they told them otherwise they would kill her it was all this outside influence this company watching her you know and all this stuff it's really batshit so i would mm-hmm. if you guys like are interested in it, it i would recommend it it's a <laughs> to go down that rabbit hole it's um fascinating um i'll have to check it out yeah well then they started interviewing colleen which i was shocked when yeah. he came on the uh, screen back to our unsolved mysteries episode colleen <laughs> is now being interviewed yes yeah and for someone that endured seven years of torture far beyond what i could even picture she seems like a very strong woman she had i don't know she she's came on and had no problems talking about it mm-hmm. she said that well, that's why the the one on lifetime is really interesting because it's a it's longer and you know it's longer it's her talking about her story so oh yeah gotcha. yeah 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 and what was interesting was colleen said that she saw a picture of mar liz that cameron had kept at the house mm-hmm. but unfortunately in court mar liz's case couldn't have anything couldn't have related to mar liz couldn't be brought up they mm-hmm. ruled it as being too prejudicial yeah because they were going to try to prove that, like, look, this is he's done this before. This is his MO. Right. You know, this is how he does it. Blah, 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 blah. But the judge. Then they go back to saying the detective, they needed a, bra- a body to prosecute Cameron. And they wanted Janice to help find her, which they did. They they searched a lot of different places to <laughs> find her body, but were unsuccessful. So, yeah. So what so what they ended up trying Cameron for the colleen case because they had the kidnapping and the all the rape and all that stuff so they had all that whereas with marla's they didn't have a body so they couldn't it was harder much harder to do so they wanted to get the other one first is Mm -hmm. why they chose that way that they did yeah and then they go on to talk about the details in court and just the insanity behind the details Mm -hmm. uh like for instance colleen mentioned that if she could learn to tolerate the pain and torture, she realized he would lose interest and it would be over quicker. Yep. He Cameron alternated between sexual abuse and mind control. So he was then a, a convicted on 10 counts and was sentenced to 104 years. However, he is due for a possible parole hearing anytime soon. Like anytime. 
Right, but he's, they said as of, uh, yeah, I guess he's being evaluated at some mental health facility or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, due to his status as a violently, you know, sexual predator, violent sexual predator, you know, they're reviewing him or whatever. um, And that as of the filming of that episode, he was still in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they need to keep him there. That guy needs to never leave because i've just Psychotic. seen golden state killer all over again you know even the golden state killer stopped for a while you know but mm-hmm. um you know yeah. he's anyway. definitely a threat so then we go back to jody jody says she had a dream in which she was given possible coordinates to the body she yeah. wasn't sure at the time but the number that was being the, shown to her, or whatever, thirty five point seven six was. Well, first there's the 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 freeway name, right? Fifty one A or whatever it was, and then um, this that okay. Explain this this number situation and what the what the. I was confused. Okay, because I was too. Yeah, they didn't really clarify how they both got within like point oh one of each other. But because um, they never found the body. So right. what were the police like? She said this number is whatever. Um, she just said it kept appearing 37.5. And yeah. then they were at the house and she thought it was maybe 37.5 feet or met whatever from 35.76 from the mileage house. marker. Yeah. From the house. So they like the cops then were like, okay, well, we lick we can look at the house and he's like plug stuff into our mapping software and our mapping software spit out almost the exact same number. I'm like, but for what? Right. What, what did they plug in? What were they, what did they get? Cause they didn't find I don't a body. Know if they were taking Janice's information. Cause they were talking about some of the structures that she saw on their drive to bury her body and things like that. So I don't know how the software works. They didn't even tell us how the software works. No, it didn't make any sense. And I just had this conversation with Natasha because she had said, when you guys record that, when you're ready to record that stuff, let me know because I have some questions about it. And I was like, okay, I watched it. What are your your questions? She's like, you know, I I don't remember, but maybe something stupid about like the cop and like saying they found the body at the same numbers, but they never found the body. Like what was all that about? And we just had this exact same thing. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. So the detective was so excited that they were close, but there's no, like you said, there's no body. So I don't know why. What were they? 37. What was his number of the, the, the mapping software spit out the same number of to what, what, what in reference to what? Yeah. Well, the only thing I hope is that so many people watch this show, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that take that route here and there, or maybe camp. It looks like a very beautiful wooded yeah. area. Yeah. So who's to say that now people won't just be paying more attention uh, if they do go hiking or whatnot, and maybe her body will turn up. But they don't talk about cadaver dogs. They don't talk about any evidence. They 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 really like gloss Jana over. Because says that they this is where they dumped her body. Right. But she can't really identify where they dumped their body. Her body. And then they so talk about been... burning the evidence, but then she didn't say how they burned it or where they burned. I mean, I didn't read through the actual court files, but well, that wasn't even in them because that was no. But the, the fire, but the car fire. Didn't okay. So there just wasn't no. a lot of detail. No oh, car fire. Like, Sorry, wrong case. No. Yeah, I was like, no car fire. No, but, that, was um, a, that was the the 2020 that it came on 
after that I was yeah. watching. I got confused. We watched way too many crime shows. I I'm getting all of the cases confused. It was funny. I was watching this today and I closed my blinds. I was like, nope, not today. Nobody's looking in my window. <laughs> oh, well, when I was talking to Natasha about it and stuff, she's like, and I was like, yeah, there's this Lifetime movie about it. She's like, no, Lifetime movie is about the guy, the girl that was living, they, they, they put her in the, the storage like locker thing and i'm like no that's a separate one like this Jeez. like I, i've seen both of them <laughs> like, like oh it was a storage container yeah and they the, the guy kidnapped her and put her in the storage container based on like a, a pods storage. container or an actual storage unit or what like a storage container like yeah like a just like a, like a big Story. Well, like, I guess that's better than a tiny coffin under a waterbed. Under a waterbed. <laughs> the hell is wrong um, with but, these people? But, and I was like, no, there's two separate stories. You were like, what? Uh, <laughs> yes. There are so many psychopaths that we've yeah been watching lately. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I like need you to said, watch something non non yeah crime something related. Happy, <laughs> something full of positivity. Yeah. Well, I mean. So, like you talked about at the beginning of this episode or recording podcast episode, what is the mystery? Is the mystery where her body is? Is the mystery the ghost in the apartment? Um, I don't think there's a ghost in the apartment. I'll be honest, but um, I I love ghosts, and so many people comment on Reddit. You know, stop doing these unsolved mystery or the uh, ghosts and the paranormal, and I'm like did you not watch it when I, you know, 20, 30 years ago? Like it was, there was a significant portion of the episodes being aliens ghosts. So kindly, please shut up. Okay. I love <laughs> the ghost and paranormal, yes. but um, people like this kind of make me just really, really angry. I don't know. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um. Okay. So admittedly i apparently didn't i mean like i wasn't as like noticing the the parts of her story that um about the the jump rope the the swinging like a jump rope like i remember like seeing all this stuff go oh toys removed okay yeah like i didn't register at all the things that she was saying so without that without those crazy cupboards and 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 electrical lines um, I you know I did see the the noose around Ernie's neck, and I thought that was bullshit. I thought she made that yeah, up. I figured definitely. I my thought was along the lines of she had some experiences. She might have embellished them, um, embellished them because some of those things are legit in the sense of like that would that sounds like something that a spirit would do. You know, mm-hmm. move yeah. the shoes and, and things like that. Um dreams even although mm-hmm. hers were oddly specific and she was very and then hearing what i'm hearing about her now and then you know this, now i'm like okay she just she just pulled shit out of her ass she just yeah she knew the story and she just made it out. oh well i'm gonna cash in on having lived in this apartment i think something weird happened there what well, you know maybe why she moved out but maybe she just had a rat maybe she didn't pay her rent i don't know yeah maybe she's you know there's there's too much that's the unsolved mystery to me is is who is she and why is why did we base an entire episode on her when we're really just talking about the and that was a lot of people had things to say about that too they said it was taking away from the victims and their stories 
And if she isn't credible, it just didn't do the victims justice. Right. By like, her on. I, I mean, and, and we started this by saying, like, I, I had kind of a problem with how Unsolved Mysteries tried to conflate these stories. And I get the connection. You've got this whack job lady saying, oh, I know this. And if, if she's done as much press as you're talking about, then the Unsolved Mysteries producers obviously knew who she was. Right. Yeah. So they can go contact her and have use that as the connection to talk about this other story and maybe where this woman is buried right okay where this woman is buried that's a legitimate Mm -hmm. you know concern and question and let's figure this out and but like to to do it the way that they did it it just like i was like settling in for good ghosty story when she starts talking about like you know, the shoes and, and some of the weird dreams and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm settling in for a nice right. good ghost story. And then it stories. takes a turn, right? It's and then hard left. And then you see a noose around Erdie's neck. And then suddenly we're talking about the girl in the box under the bed. And I'm like, what the hell's happening here? I mean, all things that I like listening to, but. <laughs> well, and here's the thing too. So you're telling me that the spirit of Marla's gave her so much information from the hooks on the ceiling Oh, yeah, because the detail she had about the quote-unquote dungeon. But she didn't show her where her body's buried and just gave her a random number. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Why not show her them driving to wherever the location of the body is? You're showing her in the basement. Like, I I just feel like, come on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But hopefully, <laughs> I, I have faith that they're going to find Marlis's body. Oh, yeah. I really do. I think they are now, too. Especially, yeah. like, opening it up like this. Okay, let's give it some attention. Let's give it some national attention. Let's get it out there. Like you said, the, it's a beautiful area. People are going to be up and about, and now they can pay yeah. attention more and things like that. And and maybe, you know, do another search or, you know, um, the EquiSearch guys out there. I don't know. And we don't know if Cameron will ever be held accountable for that if they do find the body. Right. But at the end of the day, he's serving probably the rest of his life. I don't think it's attributed to him, even though there was never any court hearing or, you know, he was never a new, never any judicial finding of his guilt. Um, Everywhere on the Internet, that's attributed to him. So mm-hmm. he's she's listed as one of his victims. So, I mean, I believe that they did. Yeah, I believe 100 percent. Yeah, I believe that 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 they did. It was. So want to hear something crazy? So nothing we've talked about so far is crazy. Rumor has it that Janice then changed her name. Yes. Went on to have children, live her life. And do you want to know what her occupation is or was? I don't know if she's retired. Oh, God. What? A social worker. Shut up. Mm -hmm. A social worker. Yeah, that was the rumor how well, that's, i mean okay that's not i mean that's okay so i get obviously she she dealt with a lot of trauma and abuse and everything like that so she has a lot of experience where she can help people but she was also an abuser in a mm-hmm. way so i don't know i don't know interesting I don't know how i feel about that i haven't I, I actually just found that out right before we recorded so i didn't i didn't have time to marinate on it and, and, and process reflect. it well, uh, that's to like, see how I felt like, about that. The number of addicts, like everybody who works at a rehab is pretty much an addict themselves that's in recovery. The amount of addicts that go on to work in recovery is staggering. And it, and it's like that for a reason. I mean, it's a good mm-hmm. thing, right? Like addicts generally like to don't listen to people, you know, but something about other addicts. 
whatever, blah, 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 blah. But ever, just, just the fact that you were an addict does not necessarily qualify you to be a good drug education counselor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You see, I see it all the time. You see so many people go into it. And I mean, in, 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 in full disclosure, I don't know what they're like as a drug treatment counselor. So I don't know. But just the fact that you're an addict doesn't, you know, make you <laughs> good. So just the fact that she has this experience, yes, she can relate to victims and she can relate whatever that alone would not qualify or she would you know yeah for me if I had a child like depending on the situation if there was a child in need or you know something happening and I knew that the social worker was literally abusing and or whatever for seven years and 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 a victim's life I I don't feel like my child or my I would loved one would be in good hands I'd love to go have coffee with her and like have her help me through some trauma that way right you know yeah but um I don't know I mean those are some interesting questions because like it doesn't necessarily disqualify her yeah you know because it's more about the person and then other people were saying hey she was 16 when it all started and she was a victim herself and that she's grown and she's changed which yeah yeah it could have definitely happened I mean absolutely had an aha moment a and obviously you awakening. have to have the right schooling and to get like your social worker license yeah. and so she obviously had to would have done all that but that alone the education requirement you know well it kind of made me think of the one case out of canada uh the barbie doll murders or barbie whatever the couple mm. that barbie and ken like, murders yeah do you know who i'm talking about yeah Where, but i don't remember so who they, the, I, don't, the, I remember they, that they exist That's they it. kidnapped people i can't and don't yell at me and write bad reviews because i can't remember i'm just thinking of this randomly but, um <laughs> they they kidnapped women and kind of the same thing i think they tortured or raped murdered um and she claimed to be a victim of her husband's abuse as the third person like you know just kind of I, I wasn't i didn't partake in it i just knew about it and mm. i was threatened come to find out there was like video evidence of her participating in these things mm. however in canada she struck a deal got out had children lived her life so same kind of thing where why did she get to live her life and be free when she, in some people's eyes, was not a victim? It's just like drawing the line of where who is a victim, mm-hmm. who's a participant. And but that might be something to cover the Barbie. Oh, yeah. Kendall, whatever. Bar- murder. Yeah, I think know. there's a Crazy. an ID channel special about that. Um, I did. Um, I watched it, but it was I can't even remember. I yeah, I don't. I think I it saw was bad. it. I mean, bad at being like it was a good thing to watch it was a good show horrible content as far as what okay. they did i just can't remember all the details but yeah evil evil does live here that's for sure she, yeah for sure for sure mm-hmm. man um so now i need a i'm gonna need a good palate cleanser decompress take to, a uh, some salt to, bath yeah although i'm i'm really into this audible book that i'm listening to right now um it's called the new house by tess stinson mm-hmm um and it's about psychopaths and murders so um i'm like oh i'll go listen to my book oh well never mind because we're just talking about the murders now i'm at the point (laughs) 
maybe some power of now or I don't know something oh, a little... that's a little too uplifty for me yeah. right now like I think I'm not that I'm feeling like Wednesday Adams or anything but I think the power of now as much as I love it it I think it's a little too much Eckhart Tolle's a little little heavy on the um spiritual depth chart my brain can't process that deep right now <laughs> <laughs> it's like so that's hard enough just like normally not at almost 11 o'clock at night after talking about <laughs> and reading about all these you know killers but yes this book is so good tess stimson s-t-i-m-s-o-n it's called the new house and it is amazeballs complete um uh psychological thriller mindfuck anyway not an ad <laughs> just what i'm listening to um and that's what i was you know been listening to falling asleep but maybe i will put on something happy and cheerful instead mm-hmm. um anyway so yeah so um as always if you have any tips contact unsolved.com um yeah and then hit us up on the socials and facebook if uh to discuss this or anything else um and that's it thanks for listening bye Hey, fraudcasters. You know, I used to find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. They were the first thing to take off when I got home. But Skims has changed all that. You guys know I love my Skims Fits Everybody t-shirt bras. I own them in just about every shade now. I wear them every single day when I leave the house. And they are completely worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I was not expecting from them was how comfortable they are. Even the underwire bras that I wear all day, I barely even notice. Definitely not the first thing I take off when I come home anymore. Y'all, I'm a 36 double D and I've had a reduction and I've gone up and down and lost weight and gained weight and all the things. And the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, I swear, fits me the best. I finally found a t-shirt bra that I can wear. But not only that, it is the best bra that I own. It holds the girls in so well. And let me just say, Hetero Life Mate really appreciates these bras too. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes from a 30A to a 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, please be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show, The Fraudcast, in the drop-down menu that follows.